0: Welcome to this podcast featuring Amir Sarfati, founder and president of Behold Israel. Behold Israel provides biblical teachings through its tours, speaking events, and social media. It's also a reliable and accurate source for developments in Israel and the region. Amir's live updates and teachings are based on God's written word. Connect with Behold Israel on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Download our free app, available on Android and Apple, under Behold Israel. The title message of this morning is the Illuminati and the One World Government. And I bet that some of you are here because of the name Illuminati. Ah, it's cool. It's not cool. It's burning from the fire of hell. You know, uh, going back to Genesis chapter 3 verses 4 and 5. We find all the answers to all that evil that started then and continues until our very days. God created the heavens and the earth and he did that within six days. And he created us in an intelligent way. We were not monkeys or apes. We did not have to get some sort of uh, evolution. We were already okay, because when God saw us, the Bible says, he saw that it is good. But then on the last day of the six days of creation, because remember the seventh day he rested. On the sixth day He created men, Adam, remember, and then from his ribs came, came Eve, because it was not good for man to be alone. And knowing man's heart and knowing what might happen as a good father. The Lord said to Adam and Eve, one thing I ask you not to do. I'm going to give you a garden. I'm going to give you life, health, abundant life. Nothing is going to be wrong here. You're going to have dominion over any animal that is right here and any creature that is in the ocean. Can you imagine we do this and the lion is coming, say, go get the deer, tell it to come right now. Everything is under our control. But then there's one thing he said, don't do. He said, don't eat from the fruit of that tree. Because when you eat it, you will surely die. Surely die. Say that, surely die. And then (laughs) the Bible says, then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die for God knows in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You see, God knows good and evil. That's why he tells you stay away from evil. But when you don't even go there, there's no place for evil in your world. But when you now know it, isn't that interesting? The minute they ate from that fruit, they immediately were filled with evil and evil brings you to shame and guilt and they were hiding. And it's interesting because he, it's a double lie here because first he says, you will surely not die. And then he says, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. This is the birth of the Illuminati. Now, probably you're saying, wait a minute, this is, this is a verse from Genesis. Yes, Illuminati is a Latin word. It's a plural case of a Latin word called Illuminatus, which means the enlightened. To be enlightened means to see the light. That means to get some revelation, to get some knowledge that will open your eyes to see things you couldn't see before. Things you didn't know before, things that will make you more clever, things that will make you superior. Things that will make you kind of give you more control. And Illuminati means more than one. Guess what? Eve gave it to Adam and guess what? They were already two. Guess what? They were the first Illuminati. They were the first ones who were seeking illumination, who were seeking enlightenment, who were seeking to actually know more. And unfortunately, as that serpent said, to be like God. You know, one of the founders, or excuse me, one of the leaders of the Freemason Illuminati in America, the, the, the leader actually, he was the Grand Commander of the Supreme Council. He was a 33 degree uh, Mason. His name is Albert Pike, he actually wrote in his book, Morals and Dogma. Lucifer, the light bearer, strange and mysterious name given to the spirit of darkness. Lucifer, the son of the morning, is it he who bears the light? Doubt it not. And that's in page 321, you can look it for yourself. 2nd Corinthians, chapter 11, verses 14 and 15 says, "...and no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works." Ministers of righteousness, that means that they really think that By what they are doing, they actually do what? Or exercise what? Righteousness. And almost every secret society that was born from the time of the Garden of Eden, they always thought that their target is actually for good. It's actually for the best of humanity, for preserving of our planet. 2nd Corinthians 4 3 to 5 says, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them." You see, they, they chose their light. There's two lights. There is the real light, the good light, the light of the glory, the light of Christ. And there is the one who disguised to be an angel of light. And they chose that light. And I want to cause you now to fasten your seatbelt, because we're going all the way back to the time of the ancient um, people who lived here Ever since, ever since Genesis. The first attempt of people to create a world government, to create a world domination, to come together without any barrier, without language barrier, without borders. It is actually the story of the Tower of Babel, if you remember. And they all came together. First time ever, humanity joined forces. What for? To take over and replace God. Because they believe they are God's. Because they believe they are like God, they were given a lie, they're given to the lie. They believe in what we call pantheism. Pan means everything is God. They are God, the tree is God, the earth is God, the sun is God, the moon is God. No wonder they worship the moon and they worship the sun and they worship the stars and looking for symbols for these things because they believe these are God's and therefore. They come together to build a tower and put a shrine on top and God destroyed it. And God spoiled their plan and dispersed them and gave them languages and different nationalities. And they are no longer united. And ever since they are seeking to get back to be united in order to take over and in order to replace God. The Egyptian pharaohs, you go all the way back. The pharaohs were in the mindset that they are bloodline that is connected to the gods. They are God's representatives. The Egyptian gods sent them to rule over those ignorant people. And it's interesting because not only that, they also, we know that the Egyptian philosophers of the time, they also were unwilling to expose their mysteries to vulgar eyes, to the, to the common people. And they concealed their particular tenets and, prin- and principles of, of polity under hieroglyphical hy- figures. And expressed their notions of government by signs and symbols which they communicated to their magi's alone. And who were bound by oath not to reveal them. Bound by oath. Whenever you belong to a group that is bound by oath not to reveal something, run away. Because if there is one thing that you can identify that is ungodly, it's that that which is done in the secret. When God is in the house, there is light. God declares the end from the beginning. God is not choosing certain people whom he enlightens and causes the rest not to see. The only times he blinds the rest is when they reject him. And you must understand that secret societies were all over from Genesis until today. Because somehow people who don't know God or reject God really want to feel special. They don't know that God loves them. They don't know that God is with them. They don't know that there is nothing that can separate them from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So what are they looking for? Some sort of acknowledgement, some sort of a status as unique. So they want to belong to a secret society. They love the fact that they don't have to say that it's secret, that they don't con- they don't reveal anything, that it's all concealed because that makes them feel special. And you need to understand that from the very beginning, that which is called Illuminati, those who believe that they are enlightened, pass the baton from one organization to another up until today. And I'm taking you through a journey. If we looked at the ancient world, the ancient world of the Egyptians, of the Babylonians, of the Assyrians, of the Greek, all those philosophers just injected poison into people to believe that actually the true God is the one who revealed them the secret, not kept them away. The one who told them to eat from the tree and not stay away from the tree. The one who told them you can be like God and not stay away from that thing. And that's whom they adore. And so in between the Old Testament and the New Testament era, a new movement was born. A a movement whose object was actually to uh, somehow penetrate into what we call the special people of God, God God-chosen people, Israel. And that movement was called the Kabbalah. Kabbalah in Hebrew means to receive. And it is one of the most horrific things that started in the 5th century BC and was Probably the basis of every secret society since they all originate themselves from that time. It's a mystic doctrine concerning God and is in the universe. Asserted to have come down as a revelation to elect saints from a remote past and preserved only by privileged people. You know that the Jewish people today know that if they study Kabbalah and they go too deep, they might lose their mind. It's a proven fact. And it's interesting because look what the Kabbalah is teaching. For example, Moses, rather than being the righteous prophet of God, who led the Israelites out of Egypt, out of sin, out of slavery, out of bondage, they teach that he was actually made out to be an, an occult figure whose purpose was to initiate the Israelites into the enlightenment and more advanced teachings of Egypt. Isn't that interesting? They actually go back and change everything and claim that Moses actually taught them that. I remember I was in a in a a cab and the driver, you know, I don't look religious. I don't have the earlocks. I don't dress like, you know, and the driver started, you know, telling me what he's studying about the Kabbalah. And then he said, you know, um, David was a sinless man, righteous man, sinless man. I said, really? (laughs) Sinless? Really? So Bathsheba is uh, nothing. And then he says, "Oh no, Bathsheba, but 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 actually Uriah, her husband deserved that." I said, "Really? Why?" "Oh because when Uriah was there and David as David was about to kill Goliath, Uriah wouldn't give him his sword to chop off Goliath's head." I said, "You're mixing two stories." "And it's two different time periods." I said, "No." I said, "You know what? You fell on the wrong person. I know the Bible." Open your Bible and read and read um, Psalm 51, David re- confesses his sin. He says, in sin, my mother actually conceived me. And he says, God, take not thy Holy Spirit from me, I have sinned before you. So how can you say he never sinned when he himself confesses his sin? And then he says, yeah, but that's not what we know as we teach later on from a newer revelation given to us by Moses. New revelation the Bible is no longer accurate anymore. Horrible, because that is going to influence so many people later on. And then, of course, in the first century, Jesus comes to the world and the light of God was shining on. You know what the Bible says? In the valley of shadow of death, light has dawned. Remember? Now you understand how how dark the land was, how dark the world was, the occult was everywhere. And Jesus comes and Jesus says, I am the light of the world, not Lucifer, not that light bearer. I am the true light of the world. And Jesus performing so many miracles, gathering so many people around him and the message of the gospel going to the four corners of the world. The occult movement immediately went under the ground. Because nothing can withstand the power of Jesus. And if you know, I can tell you that there is only one reason the Antichrist is not showing his face yet. It's because of the power of Jesus that is in us. The only time the occult will immediately show its true, unleash its true supernatural manifestation is when we are gone. And I want you to know that as long as Jesus was here, and as long as the disciples were here, and as long as the apostles were here, throughout the first century, the occult went underground. But the minute the second century came, they immediately lifted up their head again, and a new movement was was erected, and that is Gnosticism. The Gnostics. Gnosis in the Greek is actually enlightenment, knowledge. Again, they speak of enlightenment. Again, it's somebody else's life. And look what they teach. They were, by the way, the biggest enemies of the gospel in the second century. And they teach that God, the Supreme Father, had two sons, the elder son called Sataniel. And the younger is Jesus. And to Sataniel, who sat on the right hand of God, belonged the right of governing the celestial world. But filled with pride, he rebelled against his father and fell from heaven, then aided by his companions of His fall, He created the visible world, the image of the celestial having like the other things, its sun, the moon, and the stars. And last, He created man and the serpent, which became His minister. And later, Christ came to earth in order to show men the way to heaven. But His death was ineffectual, for even by descending into hell, He could not wrest the power from satanial. This belief... in the the impotence of Christ and the necessity, therefore, for for placating Satan, not only the prince of the world, but its creator, led to the further doctrine that Satan, being all-powerful, should be adorned. Ladies and gentlemen, they believed and they taught that Satan created this planet and that Satan created men. Therefore, men should adorn and men should worship Satan. You're probably saying, how can they teach? They taught that and they had more success than the Christians at that time. And from one secret society to another, they were keeping that light of Lucifer and that thing, the enlightenment. It goes through the 5th and the 6th and the 7th and the 8th and the ninth and the 10th century. And then when the world was so dead in the occult... Come Pope Orban II, in 1096, in the city of Clermont, France, and he is calling the Christians around the world to go to the land of Israel and liberate the Holy Sepulchre, the grave of Jesus, from the hands of the infidels. Little did he know that it's going to create a wave of people who are so desperate for something to go and create what we call the Crusades. And the Crusaders are those who took the Crusades. And they started uh, uh, gathering all the knights in Europe, all the nobles of Europe started gathering their peasants. They promised them that they will uh, uh, pardon their debts. They promised them better future. They promised them pardon of sins also. And then, of course, they started the journey along the way, they killed thousands of Jews. And of course, when they reached the land, thousands of Muslims and they burned alive all the Jews in Jerusalem in their synagogues. And then it was 1099 when they finally reached Jerusalem and took it and created the Jerusalem kingdom. And the Catholic Knights became now the kings of Jerusalem on behalf of the Pope and the first king, King Baldwin. The king of Jerusalem, he was there. He turned the dome of the rock that the Muslims built in the seventh century into his palace and called it Templum Domini. And then, of course, something happened. Watch this. The distance from Europe to the land of Israel is hundreds of miles, more than a thousand. You have to understand that in those days, it wouldn't take an hour. It would take months. It's a journey by foot. Good chance that you'll never make it. Now, there was a great need for some sort of an organization that will protect the pilgrims along the way. And that is how in 1118, the Knight Templars were born as a military and religious order. And it was uh, established by nine French knights under the leadership of Hugo Dupin of Champagne and Godfrey de Saint-Omer, and their stated mission was to protect pilgrims on their way to the Holy Land during the Crusades. That is a very nice thing. Think about it. You need protection. That's why King Baldwin gave them quarters in his palace built on the site of Solomon's Temple. From this, the order derives the name Knights of the Temple or Knights Templar. And you need to understand even the pope as it grew rapidly in 1128 took them under his special protection and exempt them from all taxes now Actually, the whole Christian world looks at them and they are their saviors. They're the deliverers. They're the the poor knights. They're the poor that are actually helping the poor. They're actually the people whom we should help. And people started donating land and buildings and cattle and money. And they became so wealthy and so powerful. And then came into their mind another way to make even more money. They created the first banking system in the world and the first checkbook in the world. How? They said to themselves, we're going to have to open an office in every country in Western Europe. Everyone who wants to travel to the Holy Land on his pilgrimage should come to us, give us all of his possessions. We will give him a certificate, a check, which they can cash when they reach Jerusalem in our Jerusalem-based office. Isn't that amazing? Wow, revolutionary thing. It's the first world banking ever first checkbook ever. One thing the people didn't know is that the facts were that only 40% make it to the land of Israel alive. 60% not made it alive and they lost all of their possessions because they gave it to the Templars. Remember their families could not enjoy it and therefore they became even more rich super rich. They were the most powerful organization in the world of that time, controlling tons of land and and, and properties in Europe, that even the Pope was afraid of them. And I want you to know that at some point, whether it was from the very beginning, they somehow went astray. They started teaching themselves Gnosticism which means Satan created the world, Kabbalah, and they were even following a new group of Muslims called the Assassins, Hashashins. Why? Because they were smoking hash, hashish. I'm not joking. Now, they, that group of Muslims were so ruthless, they used to kill any political opponents. And that's how the word to Assassin came to the world. And so, Knight Templars are becoming violent, they become Luciferians, and they become degraded. And um, in fact, in the year 1307, King of France, Philip IV, what he did, he, he rounded all of them. And, and, and he, and the knights confessed to a variety of notorious crimes and admitted to taking blasphemous oaths against Jesus Christ upon admission into the order. They said that they had been shown the cross of which was the figure of Christ and they had been asked whether they believe in him. And when they answered yes, they were told in some cases that this was wrong, that because he was not God, because he is a false prophet, Some added that they were actually shown an idol that looks like a goat, big head with a beard. And they were told, this is your God. Others said that they were shown the crucifix and they were ordered to spit at it. And others even said to urinate at it or on it. Now, if that's not enough, you need to understand that some added later on, That all who confessed declared that they had been ordered to spit on the crucifix and very many they they actually they had received the injunction of commit obscenities and to practice unnatural vice. Some said that on their refusal to carry out their orders, they had been threatened with imprisonment. In fact. The more people coming to confess, the more horrific it was. They were actually commending their people who wanted to be members to to have sodomy, to have homosexual relationship in front of everyone, to prove that they are worthy of becoming Knights Templar. They were so off and before so many witnesses. King Philip said, it is wrong, I'm banning them. But the Pope didn't want to listen. Pope Clement V refused to respond to the charges and the confessions of the Templars until the pressure was so enormous that due to the mounting pressure, what happened is um, he summoned 72 uh, people and he questioned all of them. And before these many witnesses, the Templars admitted their crimes and previously confessed during the trials by Philip. And what happened is they were burned alive on a stake. But don't forget that is not the end because following the death of their leader, Monsieur de Moulet, the Templars found refuge in Portugal under King Denis II, who became their protector. And so now. The Illuminati, those who were enlightened, those who knew better, those who worship another God, those who worship Satan to be their God, are not allowed to be shown publicly. They went underground. So, what they did, they created a faked mythology, some sort of a story, in order to test the ground. This is a well-calculated move by that secret order that allowed them to monitor Europe's openness to the occult. So what they did, the story elaborates on how Mr. Christian Rosenkreuz, Rosenkreuz is the Rose Cross, look. They say that he traveled to Syria and Egypt to study the occult and after learning from all the great masters of the occult philosophy in the Middle East and Northern Africa, he returned to Europe to spread his enlightenment throughout the continent, but he was unfavorably received and then he returned home to Germany where he had hoped to establish a society and he goes on and on and on until the, year, the, 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 the 18th century, the 18th century is actually the century of or the era of the enlightenment. Go to the books, go to the encyclopedia 18th century, you will see the era of enlightenment, again, enlightenment, again, light, again, it's a false light. People were running to universities, people were learning the occult, people were absorbing anything that they could find. And that is the Illuminati in the 18th century. And during that time, something Horrible happen. Are you ready for that? Two people born two different years in Germany, one in Frankfurt, one in Ingolstadt in Germany. It's amazing how much Germany pumped so much evil at that time in history. And I want you to understand that at that time there was a Jewish man called Amchel Moses Bauer. Mr. Bauer was so humiliated by the Germans, non-Jews, Jews at that time were not even, were not even allowed to walk freely with every other person. They, whenever a Gentile came, they had to clear the road to allow him to walk first. And then he was so humiliated that he promised that when the day comes, he will become so wealthy that they will serve him. And it's interesting because Amshel. Bauer opened, in 1743, a coin shop for rare coins in Frankfurt, Germany. And right above his store, he put a big shield of the Roman eagle, and it was a red shield. And it was known to be the Red Shield Firm. Shield, in German, the Rothschild. That's how they began, Mr. Amchel Moses Bauer. Of course, he died, but not before that. His son, Meyer Amchel Bauer, was able to study to be excellent to be super in, in, in his intelligence. You know, Jewish people in those days were so smart. They had to be because they were a minority. They were afraid that they would be stepped on by all the others. In order to survive, they had to show excellence. And he studied and he was an excellent person. And he went up in the ladder so much so that some of the people that he were hiring him actually introduced him to the king of Germany of that time and to the kings of Europe of that time. And he befriended them and he started working with them them to create a banking system, world banking system. And he learned the art of making money and mostly loaning money to people. But then he realized that loaning money to the individual is not making much money. Actually, loaning money to governments, to leaders, that's the big money. And that's how he started. And when he had acquired enough money, he went back to Frankfurt and he bought his father's shop and he called himself from now on Mr. Meyer Rothschild. And that's how the Rothschild family was born. Bear in mind, they had no relations to their Jewish roots. They never counted themselves Jews at that time. Mr. Meyer was so enlightened that he never counted himself a Jew. He counted himself illuminated. He counted himself as a servant of Satan to bring about world domination and one world government. He could care less if the Jews are going to die because of it or not. He could care less what the consequences on the That's why Jesus said, by the way, in Revelation chapter 3, it says, Be aware of those who say that they are Jews, but they're actually not. They're the synagogue of Satan, the Bible says. And so you need to understand that we have Meyer Rothschild. Determined to take over the world with his wealth, by the way, he gave birth, not him, his wife, to five sons. And he placed every son in a different city in Europe. One went to Vienna, one went to London, one went to Naples, and of course, one uh, was in Paris, and he himself stayed in Frankfurt. And the interesting thing about it is that those sons even were better than their father in making money. And I'll teach you how. But before that, I want you to know that before he died, he told, he made sure that his, his um, plan will be carried out by someone who's very sophisticated. At the time, in February 6, 1748, Mr. Adam Weishaupt was born in Ingolstadt, Bavaria. Influenced by the French philosopher Voltaire, he actually started looking into the occult and he said in 1776, he founded the first Illuminati order. Up until now, all the Illuminati were never calling themselves Illuminati. They were just illuminated, they were just enlightened, but they never used the word Illuminati. In 1776, on May 1st, the first time an organization calls himself officially Illuminati and opened his first lodge. And Mr. Meyer Rothschild is giving him the money and is sitting with him and plotting how his money and this man's teaching are going somehow to take over the whole world. Mr. Uh, Hauptschild was actually a Jesuit priest who was actually... <laughs> Relieving his faith in God and ready to take over the world because of his influence by the occult. And somehow, at some point, the messenger that carried the secret writings of the Illuminati died along the way. And the documents were found and they were published and the whole world were roaring because of the fact that there is a group of people that is now plotting to take over the world. Now, Amt, now, Meyer Rothschild and ha- Hauptstadt actually knew that they cannot really write who they are. They wanted to disguise as if it's a Jewish plot to take over the world. And they wrote it in a way that whoever finds it will actually accuse the Jews for that. And that is exactly what happened. Jewish people were accused all around Western and Eastern Europe and thousands of them died in attacks. Now, before he died, Mr. Rothschild told his son three things. One, whenever you have a job, an important position in our, in our family's business, only you should be there. Don't let any foreigner take that position. If your daughter is marrying someone else, he cannot be in that position. Only direct bloodline. Second, he told him, marry. Second degree cousins don't intermarry with others, we need to keep the wealth within our own bloodline. Third, he said, Never give any account to anyone about what you have and how much you have. Up until today, there is no document that specifies how much the Rothschild family really owns. They all keep his uh, commandments very well, and so. Mr. Uh, Meyer Rothschild died, and now his sons are all over Europe. But there's only one problem. They're all over France, all over Germany, all over England, all over Belgium, all over. Only the Russians are not allowing them a footstep in their territory. That's why the Rothschilds with the Illuminati, of course, the Illuminati right now, are now plotting to kick this Tsar of Russia out. How? You just have to train some people with the new theory called what? Marxism. It's called what? Communism. And then you send them in and a revolution takes place and the czar is out. And now we control that part also. You must understand the Illuminati is controlling the world in a way that that is not really showing any allegiance, any, any, uh, um, um, they're not um, somehow loyal to a particular thing for them. It's a double talk for them. Every force tends to have an opposite counter force, the conflict between the two results in a new situation. You see, every thesis must have an antithesis, and that brings the synthesis. You understand that, and then, of course, that's how the synthesis is helping them. The insertion you have to understand this is a double talk and a double think. That's how they do, they feed. The 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 world of of um, wealth and they feed the communists and at the same time they can oppress these and oppress those and make sure there are wars and they give money to this side of the war they gave money to the French Revolution they gave money to the uh, war the Civil War in America they gave money to both sides in World War One they gave money to both sides on World War Two they gave money to both sides in the um, Cold War, they always supported two sides because it served their interests. It is the thesis and the antithesis, and they wanted the synthesis. And remember that. And so we're coming to the point where Rothschild is very strong. His son is Nathan Rothschild. He's the one who is placed in England. Have you ever heard the name Waterloo? Have you ever heard the... Heard the name ABBA, the, 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 the band, the Swedish band? Have you ever heard the song Waterloo? Never mind. Anyway, Waterloo is a, is a, a place, today is in Belgium. At that time, it was in the hands of the Netherlands. And there was a big battle there between Napoleon and Britain and Germany. And that was, of course, on June 15, 1815. And you have to understand that the Duke of Wellington, on behalf of the of the British and the King of Prusa were against Napoleon. Now, the whole world was holding his breath. Who's going to win? The stock market of London was holding its breath. They all knew if Napoleon wins, the British stock market is going to collapse. But if Britain will win, the stocks will soar. So what happened is Mr. Nathan Rothschild had his secret. Courier, secret envoy in the battlefield to observe what's going on. On 18th of June, just three days into the battle, he came all the way to London and he reported to Nathan that Napoleon is being defeated. Nathan is sitting in his room and he says, I cannot report that. I must use this information to create disinformation to benefit from both. So he went to the Department of War and said, my person says that Napoleon is actually winning. He actually went to the stock market and started selling all of his stocks. So all the traders thought, wow, if Nathan Rothschild, that wealthy man, is selling all of his stocks, we're losing the battle. Everybody started selling all their stocks. The stocks plunged a penny for the dollar in just 10 minutes before the messenger, the real messenger of the fight came to report their victory. Nathan Rothschild bought all the stocks and immediately he was the wealthiest man in England and he bought the bank of England of that time. His brothers And his descendants now moving to New York and they bought the Central Bank of America and the Federal Reserve today is not the Federal Reserve, which you think is a Central Bank of America. It is a privately owned bank by the Rothschild family. And you probably don't even know that. So we're coming to the point where we have to remember that we're dealing with um, superpowers of people. The Bavarian Illuminati is no longer there. Now we're entering into the 19th century and a new organization was born. Now you have to understand, the Freemasons started in 1717 in London. They were not a bad organization, they were actually the guilds of the builders who were in Europe at that time, they were building cathedrals and, and churches and hospitals. And there were a bunch of people who wanted to just sit together and maybe do something good with their money. The problem was that whenever the real Illuminati was banned, they decided to infiltrate into the ranks of the, of the Freemasons and take a ride on them. And that is exactly what happened. And now, from 1801 and on, all Freemason lodges are actually Illuminati lodges. All of them. Therefore, you see that the leader of them, the Grand Commander of the Supreme Council, the 33 degree in, 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 in the, um, in, in the uh, Masons level, he's the one who wrote in his book, Lucifer the Lightbearer. He is the one who bears the light, doubt it not. In fact, another lady, Russian lady, who was 32nd degree in the uh, uh, ancient primitive right of England in that Freemason. She wrote, it is Satan who is the God of our planet and the only God. Satan or Lucifer represents the centrifugal energy of the universe. This ever living symbol of self-sacrifice for the intellectual independence of humanity. And now we enter into the 20th century. Ladies and gentlemen, Albert Einstein was an amazing, brilliant person and he sensed in his that something is terribly wrong. Albert Einstein wrote the minority, the ruling class at present has the schools and the press and even usually the church as well and under its thumb and this enables it to organize and sway the emotions of the masses and make its tool of them. Today in the 20th century, The Illuminati formed itself now into a cartel of international bankers, industrialists, based mostly in Western Europe and in North America. The names of certain families you all know is the Rothschild and the Rockefeller, Morgan, Lazard, Wahlberg, Schroeder, and Schiff. By the way, only three are Jewish families. All the rest are not. In fact, one of them is Chinese, the family of Lee. And I know that you may not uh, know that, but they started creating organizations. The Council of Foreign Relations in 1921. The Bilderbergers in 1954. The Club of Rome in 1968. The, theatrical, the the Trilateral Commission in 1973. The Freemasons are saturated by the Rothschild. The Rotary, the YMCA, and so many Christians innocently belong to those organizations. Not knowing that they are saturated, they are filled with Illuminati uh, in their highest levels, David Rockefeller himself, in a Bilderberger meeting on June 1991, said it would have been impossible for us to develop our plan for the world if we had been subjected to the lights of publicity during those years. But the world is now more sophisticated and prepared to march towards a world government. The supernatural sovereignty of the intellectual elite and world bankers is surely preferable to the national to the national auto determination practice in centuries. David Rockefeller, in his own biography, Memoirs, wrote in page 405, Some believe that we, the Rockefeller family, are part of the secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States, characterizing my family and me as an internationalist, and of conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global, political, and economic structure, one world, if you will. If that's the charge, I stand guilty and I'm proud of it. That's what he himself said. And you know, one of the congressmen in the 1970s exposed it. He said in a a speech, Congressman Larry McDonald, he says, the drive of the Rockefellers and their allies, it is to create a one world government combining super capitalism and communism under the same tent, all under the control. Do I mean conspiracy? Yes, I do. I'm convinced there is such a plot, international in scope, generations old in planning and in incredibly evil in intent. And you know what? Mr. McDonald boarded a Korean Airlines flight, a 747 flight, and he shot down by the Soviets. The whole plane, they killed all the passengers just so they can get him. Not amazing. You know in the 20th century they came out to light in 1980, they erected in Georgia, the Georgia Guidestones, in which the Illuminati wrote all of their guidelines, the Ten Commandments of them. And the first commandment, just, just look at how the Guidestones look like in several languages, even in Hebrew, and Arabic, and English, and Chinese. And what they wrote there on the stone is, the first one was, is maintaining humanity under 500 million people. They declare. We're too many people on this planet. We need to lower the number in order to have quality of life. How do you do that? You create wars. You say, look, this is what he said about you. You say to this one, look, this is what he said about you. You start a war between them. Then you give money to this side and you give money to this side and they kill each other and they fight. And six million Jews are dying here and 12 million people are dying there. And it doesn't matter because we have to reduce the planet to 500 million. We are too many. Right now we're over six billion. Can you imagine what they're planning? Can you imagine the scope of what they're planning for us in the near future? We're too many people. By the way, I read at least 80 different quotations of leaders, of bankers, of media people that are all saying we're too many people. Unbelievable. Can you imagine? And on the base of that sculpture, there was a stone and it says that the sponsors of that sculpture is a small group of Americans who seek the age of reason. I was wondering, what is the age of reason? And on a Google, I found that the Age of Reason actually a book written by Thomas Paine, and he's a man who is a deist. He's actually, he believed that the Bible is consisted of mythology and at value only as a piece of literature, but has no divine uh, inspiration at all. Ladies and gentlemen, they came out in the open once again. As the world going away from Christ, they feel more and more comfortable to come and surface and be there out in the open and now the 21st century came in a new scientist magazine, October 19 of 2011. They found out that the most of the wealth of the world is actually hailed by 1300 companies. But if you really go and dig deep, only 147 companies are so tightly knit together that they, cre- they control 40% of the world fortune. Only 147 companies, 40% of the world. You understand? There's a group of people, about 13 families that control the entire financial system of the world. But they are so frustrated because Filipinos are too many, because Israelis are going too many, because Arabs are expanding. Because, you, you know, they are actually very encouraged with the Europeans. They're actually shrinking. They're so frustrated. Now they're out in the open. They want to show the world that Satan is the one whom they should uh, adorn. You know what? A week ago, on July 26, 2015, Satanists came together in the city of Detroit in, in, in America. And then they, what they did, they unveiled a satanic statue of Baphomet, the same Goat-headed person that the night Templars worship, and look what they did. The satanic temple unveiled the one-ton statue at an industrial building near Detroit River, just before 11.30 p.m. local time, as supporters cheered, Hail Satan! Media was not allowed in. So how do I know about that? Somebody actually recorded that on an iPhone. Actually, I managed to capture the first five seconds of the unveiling of, the sculpture, of that sculpture. You want to see it? It's horrible. It's not even funny. It is sickening. People. You should have seen the people that were walking into that place, all dressed in, 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 in suits. What you saw on the stage is actually uh, those who were dancing before the people. But they were all the elite of America of that time. Actually, they told the media one thing. All the media went there and they texted the people, now go to the other place. And secretly, all of them went to the other place without media coverage. And I got it from somebody's iPhone. And now it's out in the open. Satan is worshiped and it's hail Satan all over the world. Psalm 2 says. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed one saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. People don't want God. They want to break that cord, break the house chain. They think that God is putting them in chains. They want to be free from God. And this is who they want to worship. They don't understand. That's the bondage. Him whom the Son set free is free indeed. And the truth shall set you free. Nothing else. Isaiah tells us how Satan himself wanted to be like God. And that is why God casted him and brought him down to Sheol to the lowest depth of the pit. And so how do you think they communicate all of their things to the public through what we call esoteric symbols? Symbols that only certain people can understand. You know, our society is shaped by our morals and beliefs and our morals and beliefs are influenced by what we watch, read and hear. And I'm sick of seeing what people are actually doing and watching and seeing and hearing. It's unbelievable. And what has become uh, acceptable in society today and not given even a second thought would have been rated 18 or triple X even 20 years ago. Now, let me show you some of the symbols so you understand how our children are being fed by the Illuminati every day. The lightning bolt. Take a look at the lightning bolt. Lucifer thrown from heaven. Look at Lady Gaga showing the lightning bolt. Look even the Nazis that are putting the SS as the lightning bolt. I want you to continue to the all-seeing eye, which is the Lucifer eye of observing us all the time. And I can continue to the eye of Horus, the third eye. That's why they hide one eye to show only one as a third eye, invisible eye, which provides perception beyond ordinary sight, enlightenment. And look how many of the people look at the third eye. That's what it looks like. And you want to know how many people are showing that one eye, take a look how many celebrities are doing that. All of them. Of course, Lady Gaga is leading, but you can see all of them, one after the other. They think that it's cool. Many of them actually are truly aware of the fact that they serve Illuminati. The pyramids. The pyramid is a symbol of Egypt, of slavery, of bondage, of sin, but the Pharaohs. Felt that they were enlightened by the gods and the pyramid for them is a symbol of us looking at God. We are like God. You understand? And so the pyramid becomes a big symbol. Even mostly the 13 levels of the pyramid. Showing the 13 different bloodlines of the Illuminati. The pyramid is on everywhere. Even on the dollar bill, you can find the pyramid. In fact, even Beyonce at the end of one of the Super Bowls, take a look at what Beyonce did. A pyramid. Now, nobody understood that, but she kind of did the pyramid. By the way, a lot of singers are doing that in many different places. They just inject to you all those symbols, just so you know. Another one is the phoenix. That bird that rises from the sand and resurrects itself is a symbol of the new world order that comes from the old one. And it's interesting because on The Economist, that magazine in in 1888, they showed um, their phoenix rising. And then they said, get ready for the world currency by 2018. It's It's a sponsored advertising by the Illuminati. And I want you to see at the closing ceremony of the London games, the Olympic games, the the picture of the phoenix rising and of course the pyramid and everybody is bowing down to it. Horrific. Now, most people may not be able to see that, but these are the symbols that they are projecting to the people so they will see it and get ready. And then there is another one. As above, so below, man is like God, God is like man. Take a look at this symbol that I believe that most of you have seen before. As above, so below. It is everywhere. People love those tattoos. And if that's not enough, look at the dollar bill that tells you how much the founding fathers of America were all Masons. And at the time, that was already an Illuminati Masonic movement. Take a look at the dollar beyond the eye and the pyramid. There are even two, le- two different things written in, in, uh, um, in Latin. Anuit coeptis on top, which anuit is favor or approve. Coeptis is commencement or undertaking. Lucifer approves our undertaking. And then underneath it says, Novus Ordu Secularum, New World Order. Now, they they were clever enough to show it on the $1 bill, so everyone will have it. And you know what? For one government and domination of the world, you surely need one leader, don't you? They don't want governments. They want one leader. The British historian Arnold Toynbee said, the nations are ready to give the kingdoms of the world to anyone, any man, who will offer us a solution to the world's problems. The first president of the United Nations General Assembly, Mr. Paul Henry Spock, who was also the Prime Minister of Belgium and also the early pla- one of the early planners of the European Common Market, also the Secretary General of NATO, He affirmed and he said, we do not want another committee, we have too many already. What we want is a man of sufficient stature to hold an allegiance of all the people and to lift us up out of the economic morals into which we are sinking. Send us such a man and wherever wherever he be, God or devil, we will receive him. Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 11 says, "...and have no fellowship with these unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them." And That's what we're doing tonight, Oh, this morning. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 5 and 6 and 9. You are all the sons of the light, the light of God, by the way, and the sons of the day. We are not of the night, nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. God did not appoint us to the wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 12. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against all this evil, the the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the age, against spiritual hosts of the wickedness in the heavenly places." I hope that now you understand how wicked it is, how bad, how widespread it is all around the world. Colossians 2 says, and you being dead in your trespasses and their uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwritten and handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. When Jesus came and he died on the cross, he ridiculed all of them. The Antichrist is coming. Second Thessalonians said that the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. It is, it's going to come, it's according to the work of Satan, it's according to his people, the Illuminati, the Enlightened Ones, those that are pushing for the one world government, and those that says that it require a one world leader with all his power, and signs, and lying wonders, and with all the unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. You see, they did not receive the love of the truth. The love of the truth, the truth is there. And if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. But if you choose not to receive the love of the truth, then... In order to be saved, then for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. That they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in the unrighteousness. Not only that they don't believe God and the truth, but they are taking pleasure in the unrighteousness. And I want to tell you something, especially if you're young people in your in your teenage right now and you're about in the 20s and it, you know you may be having the fun and the time of your life right now. Maybe right now you're taking pleasure in all those things in going to bars and in going to all the clubs and in really uh, doing things that uh, are certainly not leading you to the love of the truth. That's for sure. And you may be taking pleasure of it right now. But what you don't know is there's a big danger that you will become so blind and so deluded that you will not see when it comes. You will not see the truth. That you will be completely blinded. 2 Thessalonians 2 says, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Since the creation of the world, the mystery of lawlessness was there. However, only he... Who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. He, the Holy Spirit, God's presence in the world. Us, the temples of God. As long as we are here, he is restrained. He cannot do anything. He can try. But the minute we will be taken, they will say hallelujah. Because the population is reduced. They will say great. And then he will show up. And then, with all of his power, the Bible says, And then lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth. And this is it, guys. I want you to know that we live in an evil world. A world that wants to control the economy, the media, the education. A world that is interested in reducing the number of people on this planet. How? By giving them bad food, bad health services, jobs that they will never be able to make enough money to be able to pay for good health services. They want you to be poor. They want you not to make it. They want you to fight each other. They want you to hate the truth. They want you to stay down. They want you to be blind because they want to rule and control. And the best way to do that is controlling your mind. And once they control your mind, once you let them do that, it's over. And I want to finish with the verse that John wrote, that Jesus said in John 16. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace, not in the world, in me, not in the wealth, in me, not in the health, in me, not in the pleasures of the world, not in the stars of the media, not in the stars of the entertainment, not in Hollywood, not on TV, not on radio, in me, you will have peace. And then he says, in this world, you will have tribulation, great tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Thanks for listening to this podcast featuring Amir Sarfati, founder and president of Behold Israel. Connect with Behold Israel on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Download our free app available on Android and Apple under Behold Israel. Amir's teachings can be found in multiple languages. You can also visit our website, beholdisrael.org.